everyone, this is Noor and welcome to the Radical Contemporary Podcast. And I, I love seeing vignettes, just a couple of old friends in a coffee shop or a couple of kids playing in an alleyway. These things have an effect on me. They stay with me. They also make me reflect on my own life. Yeah. And that's where stories are born. But I, I love being inspired by life. Just yeah. regular old everyday life. In this episode, I speak to Diana Marsellese, Canadian-born animation art director and illustrator living in San Francisco, California. Specializing in storytelling through character design, Diana has worked at Pixar Animation Studios since 2012. Her credits include Soul, Onward, Toy Story 4, The Incredibles 2, Inside Out, The Good Dinosaur, and of course, Luca in 2021. Past clients include Leica, Sony Pictures, Universal Feature, Walt Disney Feature, Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, among others. Diana delivers panel talks and leads workshops worldwide, having been hosted by South by Southwest, Leaders London, and the Walt Disney Family Museum, as well as many others. I met Diana at Abdeen Palace in Cairo for an event by Lebanese fashion designer Elisab, hosted by Ermar. She was in Cairo giving the closing talk at Rise Up Summit, one of Egypt and the region's biggest summits hosted at the Great Pyramids of Giza Plateau. We speak about harnessing the creative spark, the importance of outdoor walks and taking in life as a form of inspiration, sketching daily, how to turn your passion into your job, and why Diana is a lover and advocate for all things vintage clothing. You have your crew. You're never alone. So if you don't know something, there are at least a couple dozen people who do. So you can always ask. And now to my conversation with Diana. I'm super excited and really honored. I met you in Cairo um, at actually Abdeen Palace, which is an incredible monument in our city. But you also spoke at Rise Up Summit. I had a panel there. We didn't meet there, but that was at the pyramids in Giza Plateau. The introduction will take care of like your expansive portfolio of work. But I'd like to take I'd like you to take us back a little bit. Um, what was your childhood like? Were you always um, a creative being? Yes. Yeah, that's one thing that I, threads that has stayed with me throughout my entire life is just being highly uh, imaginative and very, very creative. Um, I was always playing. I guess most most children are. But um, inventing games, inventing stories, just uh, kind of in a world of my own always drawing, of course, and uh, also into fashion really early too. Some of my drawings, uh, along with characters, some of my first drawings were actually dresses. And I used to love to draw women in formal gowns and then add all of the diamonds one by one. That was one of my favorite things to do. Um, But otherwise, I was pretty uh, uh, rambunctious, I would say, uh, strong, strong strong-willed, you know, and I think um, it's interesting because I, I also consider myself a creative person and I used to create little collections and you look back and you're like, oh, it was always there. That's so that's so interesting. And and then you can trace kind of the trajectory. But what was your first creative memory like? Is there a moment where you put something together and you and you looked at it and you were like, wow, I mean, there, I'm I'm impressed <laughs> with with my own ability. Oh, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I have photos of myself 
you know, as uh, a three-year-old, you know, in preschool, always drawing, holding up drawings, always at the front with my drawings. So that's just, you know, proof. Um, Memory-wise, I would say some of my earliest ones would be from first grade when we would make books, you know, they would encourage us to write a story and then illustrate it. And then uh, the people in your class could take it out like a library book and leave comments in the back. And um, I remember inventing this story. I still have it. It's called The Blob Who Couldn't Get a Job. And it was just like this gooey blob character that couldn't work because he just didn't know his place in the world. Um, and he couldn't get a handle on anything. And the jobs weren't real jobs. It was like, okay, today he, he really wanted to be a pirate, but that didn't work out. Um, I think that was out of your own imagination. Like, so I, I would, I, I think those were the, my first uh, projects that I would read back to myself and think, Hey, this isn't bad. I, I might be able to do this. I like this character, you know? Yeah. My next question was, what to you makes a great story? So you're a storyteller and I'm sure that there were so many movies and films and music even that resonated with you over, over the course of your life. But what was a story that you felt like this is a fantastic um, arc or storyline in general? Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm biased, but what makes a great story to me uh, is the, the central character or the cast of characters that's what always gets me. Um, some of my favorite movies are just centered around a slice of life, something that I can really relate to. Movies like uh, Moonstruck or Big Fat Greek Wedding kind of yeah. remind me of my own um, familial experiences, you know, being around a big family and, and the nuances of that, the trials and tribulations of that, but also the beautiful things about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for me, again, anytime there's a cast of characters that are eclectic and strong and um, they have unique ways of interacting with each other and um, influencing each other's growth, those are the kinds of stories that really uh, influence me and stay with me. Yeah. And I think a protagonist or an antagonist, it doesn't really matter. And um, in Cairo as well, we're, we're always, you know, there's always people, it's very busy, chaotic and Um, every film in Egyptian history has been around like this character that's like a charismatic woman or a very, or gentleman, or when did you get into animation and illustration? Like, when did you begin focusing and refining your craft? Do you remember specifically? I mean, I remember being in second grade. So that's around seven years old. I decided I was going to be an animator. And I remember deciding that in class one day and then going home and telling my parents uh, what influenced that decision? I mean, I loved cartoons like anyone else does. I think it was just the realization that as an adult, I could make these. It just seemed so fun to be able to draw for a living. Uh, when did I really start working on my craft? I mean, I I worked in high school toward being accepted to Sheridan College, which is located in Toronto, Canada. That's uh, That was at the time the most important college for animation. They had a program specifically for it. Um, But I think it's when I entered college that I really started understanding the art of animation, the craft itself, and was really concentrated on uh, making myself the best I could be. That's really early on for you to know that at that age. And were your parents like super supportive and they're like, yes, this is fantastic. Or were they kind of like, oh, that's a really niche. And I guess at, at your time, a specific sort of, you know what I mean? Like 
it's not um, being, you know, a doctor or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, they, I always remember them being very supportive. It took them some time to really understand, I think, what it was going to entail. And of course, you know, I, I did have great marks in math and science. So I remember my dad being like, I mean, is there a world in which you might consider? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even my art teacher at the time was like, you know, you could be a plastic surgeon because they're artists. Right, right, right. right. And I, I was like, no, no, I, I think I really want to do animation. But I, I, I was lucky. I had a lot of support. Yeah. And so um, when did you get uh, your your job at Pixar? Because I think even um, I grew up in, in the Middle East. I grew up in Jeddah between here and Cairo. And Pixar movies were kind of very much a staple even here and it, and it's interesting I grew up speaking English and Arabic so both um in parallel and and they resonated with me and the characters were always so eclectic and and like you said diverse and charismatic so how did you land that gig and how did you build your way into this this like monumental you know creative world me personally I just I honestly just really wanted to work in animation in any capacity. I love the craft. I love just the the art of it. And I've always been honored just to work in it. It could be commercials, television. Feature, I started as a freelance artist. Pixar was one of my freelance clients. That's really what happened. Uh, the first time I flew down there for an interview, it was at their request, actually, and I did not get the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second time I flew down there for an interview, it was because I had already been freelancing on Inside Out. Mm. And they thought it would be appropriate for me to maybe come in house. Uh, and I did. So wow. that was 10 years ago. That was 10 years ago this month. Wow. And uh, I started as a character designer. And honestly, it was just year by year learning. Mm. It's been a very slow learning curve. The jump from character design to art director was the steepest of the learning curves, I would yeah. say, but super rewarding. And again, you have your crew, you're never alone. So if you don't know something, there are at least a couple dozen people who do. So you can always ask. And one yeah. thing I love about the culture there, it is a culture of we're in this together. This belongs to all of us. So again, there's no shame. I've never felt any shame or embarrassment around saying can you help me with this? Right. <laughs> you know? I, mean, um, I think I think for creatives, it's so important to hear this because you know you were you're an artist and you were freelancing, and then some people they hear like these names that you aspire to work for and with and and all of that, and then they're like, how do you get into that space? And I think your answer is beautiful because it's just like I was doing my my work and my passion, and eventually you got there. But art director is huge. It's kind of like the epitome of what people really hope to achieve. So when you got there, what was kind of like, first of all, what was, what's a big obstacle that you had to overcome throughout this process? Like something that you remember was kind of like a, like a hurdle. I mean, yeah. Some of the challenges involved. Okay. So every time you work on a new film, uh, you have a new director. They all communicate differently because they're all different human beings. So start, you know, you have to be empathetic 
yeah. to director sees how they work with their processes because my whole job is to communicate ideas to the director. So I feel like being flexible that way. Um, it's also a leadership position. So there's a lot of learning around how to navigate that, how to guide people effectively, how to get the best work out of them. Um, and also like motivated, inspire them. yes, inspire them every day. And also learning that uh, a leadership role is in effect uh, a service role. As well, you are in service to your crew, to your team, to help them in any way possible, just as I was helped. So yeah. I think these were the the biggest things, uh, the most important things that I've learned. Um, creatively, I feel like what's kept me going throughout is, again, my, my passion for animation, which has never changed. Um, but also... I feed my inspiration and creativity every day. So I am able to think out of the box quite well. I have my strategies around that, my, my walks every day, a bit of photography wow. every day, drawing every day um, outside of work. So these things keep me very fertile and able to uh, conduct, I wouldn't say easy, but but I'm good at it at this point. How do you stay informed? And like, I think you kind of just answered it, but like, how do you stay ahead, fresh in, in your own field? Yeah. Staying fresh again, is all about feeding that inspiration. So that's my priority over everything mm-hmm. is, uh, keeping myself curious, keeping myself inspired. One of the ways I do that, of course, is traveling when I cannot travel. I just do it in my own neighborhood and I love to walk. I love to talk to yeah. people. I collect stories. I, I take mental notes. I sketch. Um, so that's how I keep my soul fed. That's how I keep my creativity fed. As for what's happening on a project or in a film, we have morning meetings. Again, I love to talk to my crew. That's how we keep the day-to-day organized and I get all of the information I need to do my job. But it's really all about, uh, yeah, inspiration and communication, I would say. And so you've worked on Soul, The Incredibles 2, Toy Story 4. Is there a favorite character of yours, a favorite movie, uh, is it like your children? So you don't want to pick <laughs> is it something like that? A little bit of both. I, I would say every film I've worked on has brought me uh, cool, creative opportunity. Um, Luca was special uh, just because personally I felt very connected to it. Mm-hmm. And I grew a lot on that film. Character wise, I have a soft spot for Julia just because she reminds me so much of myself. Um in the way that she's so energetic and and rambunctious and tough, but I do have a a very soft spot, a special place for that cast of characters in particular. So I want to kind of like divert a little bit and get into your personal style because I met you and you were wearing an incredible outfit. I I told you this already because I was blown away by it and it made me so nervous to go up to you because I'm like, this is such a look. I can't. So I, (laughs) I was like speaking to my friend. I'm like, should I go talk to her or not? And it was a whole thing. But anyway, so I read that you are a big fan of vintage clothing and actively like obviously um, you collect and you look for these pieces. So what got you into that kind of realm? Oh, uh, you know, what got me into it was the um, treasure hunting side of me that cannot be quenched. It's just, it's always searching, always exploring. When I was a kid, um, my grandparents had this basement that was full 
of just random things, just tchotchke, shoes, books, you know, yeah. my, aunt, my, uncles, my mother's old homework, just everything. And there was a trunk down there full of vintage clothes, some of which belonged to my mom, some of which my mother sewed herself in the sixties. Wow. And I'd pull these pieces out and I'd have questions around them. And every time I asked, I got a story back. So my mom would say, oh yeah, you know, I sewed that myself. That was like 1960 that I wore it here or there. That kind of, uh, addicted to this idea that a piece of clothing could come with a history and they were always so special. So I just continued from there. I would just go thrifting and I'd always find treasure. Um, I also find that vintage clothes are unique. Yeah. fit better. I love the weights of the fabric. Um, They're better constructed and I can just find things that make me feel strong. That make me feel a character powerful yes and yeah. and uh they just feel like me I, yeah and it's a conversation starter I'm sure when you're always wearing a look that of course no one else has no one else can find uh it's it's definitely like it gives you that little extra bit of confidence like the you know what I mean when you enter a room and someone else is wearing your same dress or something it's like detrimental so like <laughs> No, there's definitely that. The the uniqueness is a huge um, plus. And I I do love that practically everything I own is is one of a kind, handpicked and special to me. Wow. And um, how did you kind of like mediate between, all right, I'm going to go, I'm going to choose animation, focus on that, because I know that you briefly did actually work in costume design or or do they go hand in hand? Well, they go hand in hand. The costume design I've done right. uh, has been for animated characters in our films. And the process is just the same as a live action film. Right. Design these costumes. Uh, it's not a separate department at Pixar anyhow. The character designer is responsible for the costuming. Um, it echoes the character just as much as it does in a live action film. There's, of course, an arc wow. to the costume as the character moves forward through the story. And there's a lot of consideration for not just the costume itself, but how it's worn, how the character chooses to wear these clothes. Is it tucked, untucked? Is there a button missed? What's what's their psyche uh, that day or in that uh, particular act? And then we work with the technical artists. They have to build the fabric. They have to weight the fabric. Every The clothing is constructed. It's um, constructed just in the way that you would construct a piece of clothing in the real world. It's There's a lot of uh, amazing skill that goes hand in hand with that. That's incredible because I think people wouldn't really think about it as part truly part of the job and and that it is a process within of course animating a character um it's it's the whole thing that's incredible so what's the best part of your job you would say the best part about my job is being um, assigned a, a world of characters or a character in particular that's a challenge and working my way through it i i love every every part of the process from research to initial concept, pitching, um, you know, fielding, uh, asking the room for more ideas, the conversations that happen around it, and then refining the character. The whole thing is actually just uh, a joy to do, but definitely the drawing. The drawing is my favorite part and concept is special because it's very blue sky and open-ended. And that's a time when you can just be as crazy or you know, uh, surprising as you want to be. No idea is a bad idea at that point. 
And how does it feel when, when your work is out in the world and you're getting feedback and, and you can see it? Uh, like with Luca, for example, since that's one that you mentioned, how did it feel to like kind of see the, the whole thing come to life? Oh, so proud. So proud. Um, because these characters didn't exist before us. So in many ways, it is like um, giving birth to yeah. you, you. You invent this character, this dimensional character out of the ether. And now they're walking and talking and they have a whole life of their own. It's like watching your kids go off to college. Yeah, you can't believe that at one point they were nothing more than a, a bunch of words on a page, and uh, now they're these iconic, memorable characters that are going to stand the test of time and and live beyond us even. So it's it's really just a remarkable process. It's very cool, and it makes me very proud. I kind of want to touch on the experience in Egypt because you mentioned you like traveling. So how was it speaking at the pyramids, and how was it kind of like being not only I mean obviously a rise up summit which is the biggest summit here but the key like the the biggest speaker the keynote speaker so um how did that feel and and how was your experience actually here oh it felt amazing i was very honored um nervous right before of course i always get a little bit of butterflies um but the venue was incredible never in my life did i think i'd be closing a summit in front of the pyramids yeah um, and the the energy just the the attendees um the questions afterward everything was so thoughtful and energizing and uplifting inspiring honestly i was just on like a high when it was done i had a wonderful time Amazing. And like one of my last questions is how important is travel and exploration to your creative process? You've mentioned it, but I feel like a lot of people, um, when they get stuck or in a rut or, um, you know, what is it called when you, um, when you're like not creatively, you know, inspired. Yes. So how do you crack that open? And like, how do you get out of that? Let's say other than sketching and taking walks, is, is there something else that you do? Any advice for that? It's for me, just look. And that, that really ties into these walks that I do. I just want to look and absorb the world as much as I can. I've always been fascinated with the world at large. So traveling is huge for me. I would encourage everyone yeah. to do, even if it's just out, just outside your city, mm-hmm. um, it's it's really important to for me anyhow to experience different cultures to hear different kinds of music to taste different kinds of food and the colors yeah. and world art just the art that's happening globally it's incredible and um traveling is everything i have to do it every year and if i don't i really do feel it um as far as my walks and exploring my environment that's just all about dropping expectations and just opening your eyes and letting yourself exist. Things yeah. will come to you. You'll see things that are going to make you think about something else. A lot of times it's a domino effect for me. Um, and I, I love seeing vignettes, just a couple of old friends in a coffee shop or a couple of kids playing in an alleyway. These things have an effect on me. They stay with me. They also make me reflect on my own life. Yeah. And that's where stories are born. Um but I, I love being inspired by life, just yeah. regular old everyday life. There's a lot of beauty there and being able to harness that 
is very inspiring to me and it, it keeps me going. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Letting yourself exist. That's, that's beautiful. Um, okay, so I think my last question that I usually ask my guests is what's next for Diana? What's next for you as a creative, not necessarily in your job or, or daily life? Um, right now, it's still the beginning of the year and, and, and things are quite exciting. So, Well, what's next for me? I, I'll tell you that I've been drawing lately more than I have in a long time. I, and to be clear, I draw every day, all day for work, <laughs> but drawing more than ever for myself. So anytime I'm not working, I'm drawing, I seem to have a pen in hand and I'm reaching for a pad of paper. I've just been drawing like a crazy person. So what that's going to lead to, I don't know. Okay. Um, But I'm really just loving this uh, surge of creativity and energy (laughs) I have right now. Um, I'd love to actually do a little bit more illustration. Mm. So who knows, maybe editorial. But uh, along with animation, I think illustration is something I'd like to put more into practice. But at the moment, I'm just, again, just really enjoying this creative time. And it could go in different, in several different directions. I don't know. Wow. That's amazing. And and that's a beautiful energy to put out. So thank you for that. Um, And thank you for your time. I'm going to link in my show notes all of the amazing work that you've done. I've watched all the movies. So I really encourage others to do so as well. And I hope they take your advice. I mean, I love taking a good walk. Personally, it's the thing that really re-energizes me every single day. So I I totally, I'm a practitioner in that sense. Um, Thank you for your time, honestly. No, and thank you for inviting me. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe, give us a review, shoot me a text or direct message us on Instagram at Radical Contemporary, where we'd love to hear your feedback and the topics you'd like to listen to. Also, you can check out our website, www.radicalcontemporary.com, where all of our content is available. Finally, we'll be hosting a new guest every week. So stay tuned.